Welcome in to No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo, and joining me, as always, Joshua Hudson and Ryan Weiss. And for the first time on the show, but not the first time on any other show in this universe, <laughs> Bob Lung. Bob, how you doing? Doing great. This is the first one for today, though. So, okay. congratulations. Here we go. Take no, that as an honor. Thank you, many. I think the fantasy community has seen me more than my wife has seen me over the last two weeks. <laughs> Is it a bad thing? Yeah, <laughs> walk the line like Johnny Cash. I would say walk she was line. watching, but I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Bob, for joining us. We have today Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, and the San Francisco 49ers. It's like it's a trio of rivalries here is what I'm seeing. Cowboys, Giants, obviously. Cowboys, 49ers. Obviously, and there's no relation to the Giants and the 49ers besides they play on opposite coasts of America. That's really the only correlation those two have. But we will start here with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll run through the upsides all the way down to the IDPs, and then we'll jump in specifics on uh, some of these guys. Bob is kind of going to direct the conversation on who he wants to go for. But let's start here with the ever-so-underachieving Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I'd say that they, they might go 12 and five this year, but I'd be lying to you. Cause they're going to go eight and nine. It doesn't matter <laughs> if Dak Prescott and the entire team is healthy. They're going to be eight and nine. It book it like literally whatever the Vegas odds are on Dallas going eight, and nine bet it right now. That's you. You can guarantee they have eight wins. No more upside Amari Cooper. Why? Like, don't why? Why are we putting Amari Cooper as the upside? Uh, maybe that's one guy we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, downside, Dak Prescott. I'm going to guess because he's he seems to be going really high for yeah. some for some reason. I've seen he's going before Lamar Jackson. Um, that's kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Uh, trust fall. Ezekiel Elliott looking for a bounce back year after a not so stellar year last year. Rookie to watch, Josh looked at me or he texted us and said should we put micah parsons as the rookie to watch and i was like oh my god are we putting an idp as the rookie to watch and then i think i think i looked at dallas's roster do they have do they draft anyone like do they draft a rookie like a I fifth round wide receiver yeah oh. simi uh Foco, yeah. something the, like that. I can't. The fact that, that you can't pronounce his name shows why we put Micah Parsons as there. The you go. There you watch. go. Right. Uh, the sleeper, Blake Jarwin. He's like tight end twenty-five, as far yeah, as I know. It. If Dalton Schultz can do what he did last year, I think Blake Jarwin can blow that out of the water. And IDP, it was going to be Micah Parsons, but it's Randy Gregory. The team sucks. Like, just stay away from <laughs> Dallas's defense. Their defense. It was literally. The third worst defense ever in NFL history last year. If that tells you anything of how bad this defense is, they didn't improve it. They got Micah Parsons. They didn't improve the, the second. Scored forty nine points. That yeah. tells you something right there. And hey, they got Keanu Neal for three games. <laughs> he, he's not even listed. Hold on, he's listed as a weak side linebacker behind Micah Parsons. He's oh, not even I had no listed idea. as a safety on the depth chart. Wow, that's why. Weird. Their safeties are garbage in Dallas. It, it bl blew my mind when I saw that in the depth chart. But anyways, I guess we'll start with Amari Cooper because Bob immediately raised his hand. And Bob, just so you know, I think our listeners know, I think Amari Cooper, it, he's not bad. I just can't stand him because there's one game where he'll have 50 
in another game where he doesn't even care about the sport and job he's playing. Like it, it Oh, you mean sense. like consistency? Yes. Oh my god. Hey, <laughs> great lead in. <laughs> I hate Amari Cooper for that reason. That's why I hate drafting him as my wide receiver one. But why do you like Amari Cooper? Well, first off, until last year, we nicknamed well, I shouldn't say I nicknamed him. Tommy Mo, if you guys know at Tommy Mo out there in fantasy, he nicknamed him and I've taken it to heart and put it in my magazine every year. We call him the fantasy locust. Because he basically gets on your team and then just eats you alive because of his inconsistency. Until last year. When last year, he not he actually, for the first time in his history, had a higher rank in consistency than he did in total points. Boom. Prior to that, he was 10th in total points. 2019, 10th in total points, 21st in consistency. 2018, 18th. And 41st in consistency. That's the Mari Cooper really know. There you go. But last year, 15th in total points, 75% consistent, ranked him 11th. Now, remember, he did that without Dak for most of the season. So when Dak was actually on the field, he was ridiculous. Um, it was he like wide receiver 51 targets, 37 receptions, 401 yards in one touchdown. And depending on where you look at scoring, he was he, he's between the wide receiver one and wide receiver three during those weeks in fantasy. So right, which is basically what what the consistency thing is tracking. So yep. I'm in because believe it or not, for the first time ever, his ADP is not in the top exactly. twelve, which it normally is. And I always go, nope, don't want him to inconsistent, don't want any part of him. This year now, I can get him as my possible uh, wide receiver two. And like you said, this defense is pitiful. They have to throw the ball 80 times a game, just like they get it against the Browns, because they have to be able to keep up. I mean, I'm all in on Dak. I'm all in on uh, Cooper, uh, Lamb, uh, not as much Gallup. But, yeah, I mean, why would you not? Because they're going to have to throw the ball 50 times a game to keep in in these games. And Zeke's probably going to benefit as well coming out of the backfield. So I'm in on Mari Cooper. I never really am, but I, I wanted to chime in because I wanted some folks to probably pass out while they're drinking, watching this. Well, wait a minute, Bob Lung is in the Bob, Mr. Consistency, like Mr. Amari Cooper. He calls the fantasy locust is all of a sudden in. And it's happened. Mike Evans was inconsistent for years. I hated him. Called him the poster boy for inconsistency. Now Mike Evans is much more consistent. So it can happen. People, people can change. And I see Amari Cooper continuing that change again this year. So if if we're going based off outlier years, Ezekiel Elliott shouldn't be drafted where he's being drafted. Then I just <laughs> want to put that out there. If we're going off outlier years, consistently Ezekiel Elliott was a top five running back, but he sucked last year. Consistently, Amari Cooper couldn't play consistently, but last year was an outlier. So again, you know. But was it an outlier considering they brought in a new coaching staff? And right. we had solid and I think that's a big deal there. And right. we saw improvement in 2019 with Dak as well. Not quite what we saw in 2020, but like Bob said, he went from the 40s to, I think if I remember what Bob said, the 20s inconsistency in 2019 and then jumped up into the top 10 in 2020. Right. We're right. seeing improvement with improved quarterback play. It's almost like Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Derek Carr or something. Oh, because no. oh, of the Raiders. I'm like, Derek Carr wasn't on the Cowboys last year. What are you talking about? <laughs> S- 
so very catch up, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I'm like I'm like Andy Dalton threw for the Cowboys last year and Ben DiNucci. Right. Like yeah, I mean, and then there's about? that that he wasn't even doing it with Dak last year, but we saw what he could be with Dak. I can't add to anything Bob said because those are basically my notes too. I put it out an Amari Cooper article for Football Guys. The only thing I'll just add to because Bob was exactly right on this. He's going off the boards as the wide receiver 15. It's the first time you've been able to get him at the proper cost and who knows how long. And if you're someone who wants to go running back early, Amari Cooper is the perfect, arguably wide receiver one if you want to go three running backs in a row. Definitely wide receiver two if you're going to go balanced and go two RB, two wide receiver. So So I, I, I... I want to play this game because I think this isn't, you, you know, it's my favorite game. It's my favorite <clears throat> game and it's back. Bob, it's called Would You Rather. It's the game <laughs> that we invented on this show. It was never played before. <laughs> never, no one ever had heard of this game until I invented it on this show. Jessica Alba. Oh, oh, this is Okay. I, I love it. I say, and, Joe and, is 22 years old and probably has no idea who Jessica Alba is. Jessica Alba is. Get the um, get, oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Play the game, Joe. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So, Cardi Bob, B. how it works. No. Oh. We play the ADP. So, who would you rather have? And we'll go here as your wide receiver one. Let's assume, you know, it's back end of the third, early fourth. So, you already have two running backs and you're choosing in the third of the fourth round. You have all running backs on your team. So this is your wide receiver okay. one. Uh, so we're going to go two above uh, Cooper's ADP. And this is according to Fantasy Pros. He's 14 on Fantasy Pros. So again, okay. one one higher than what um, Ryan said, but he's going in the beginning of the fifth round right. at 41. Okay. So at 12, would you rather have Allen Robinson as the wide receiver 12 or Amari Cooper as the wide receiver 14? Bob, I just want a name. Don't even need an explanation. Bob. I'll take Cooper. Okay, Josh. I'll take A-Rub. Ryan. Cooper. Uh, Allen Robinson seems a tiny bit more. I don't I don't really know. I don't I don't tend to draft either of these guys, but I would probably go Allen Robinson. Um <laughs> the aforementioned Mike Evans or Amari Cooper. Bob. Uh you know, I'm gonna go Cooper just because that, that offense has to throw so much. And it, you know, if the running game is working for the Bucks. They don't have to throw as much, and Evans may have those down games, so I'm going to stay with Cooper. Josh? Oh, I'm going Cooper 100% here. I think Antonio Brown is going to be the wide receiver you want in Tampa this year. Ryan? You said Chris Godwin's name wrong, but Amari Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tampa's defense is too good, and Dallas Dallas is going to let up 35 points a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, and still, like, I mean, know, both are easily going over a thousand yards this year. Oh like, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not even a question. No, that's not even a question. Cooper um, made it by the by week nine. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Cooper's fourteen at fifteen. Would you rather Amari Cooper at fourteen, or Julio Jones and his completely healed hamstring because he became a Tennessee Titan, Bob? Oh, it's not even close. Cooper by a mile. I'm I'm not feeling Julio. Josh? Same, Cooper. Ryan? Amari Cooper. Guys. Target volume. Guys, guys. Did you not know that the Tennessee Titans are winning the Super Bowl this year? How do you not choose Julio Jones? God, they only, they only got it for a second round pick. No, Amari Did Cooper. Did all of a sudden they became a non-running team? 
Right? Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. Julio Jones. Jones. We're not going to run Derrick Henry yeah. at all. Now we're just going to throw <laughs> shit out of the ball. Okay, fine. Julio Jones signing benefits AJ Brown more than it does Julio Jones. And I agree with agree. that. Yep. I would agree with that. AJ Brown moved up to my wide receiver one after I redid my projections. So. Because he's no longer getting double teams. Yep. <laughs> one overall or like one to two? No, he moved to my one overall in standard, not PPR. So. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, I again, I this is I don't like Amari Cooper, but with ha- literally Dallas's defense is so bad, they have to throw. I mean, Tennessee's not much better. Uh, yeah, let's but, be honest. Um, yeah, but I'm sorry, was Tennessee the third worst defense in NFL history last season? I don't think they I mean, were. They could be. They could, <laughs> they could they be could this, be this year. season. <laughs> they could be this season. But I trust Dak Prescott's arm more than I do uh, Ryan Tannehill's arm. Yes, so, but whose leg do you trust better? That's really the key question when it comes Dak to Prescott. Oh, oh, I thought it was the rather other, other <laughs> rather have. I'm sorry. Dak, I trust Dak Prescott's bionic leg more than I do Ryan Tannehill's <laughs> leg. Let's just let's just put that out there. All right. My uh my friend has a metal rod in his leg, and the doctor said it's stronger than it ever would have been. So I trust Dak Prescott's leg. Um Okay, and then the last one, Amari Cooper or Robert Woods, who was a wide receiver one last year, might I add. Uh, Bob? Um, you know what I do? I like Robert Woods a lot, um, but I think I still have to go Cooper. Just, I mean, I just don't see them. I think they're going to go Cam Akers a lot. I think it's going to be a lot like Tennessee where you're gonna they're going to run the ball a lot more with Cam Akers to, you know, not have to put all the – you know, pressure on Stafford in the offense and the uh, passing game. So I'm still going to go Cooper. I just, like you said, I just think he's, they're going to have to throw a ball a ton. Josh. Bob, I'm curious to see where Woods fell in your consistency rankings, because I think Cooper will have a better overall year, but I think Woods will ultimately be more consistent of the two, if that makes sense. Um, You know, Woods has been pretty consistent, definitely the last few years. Um, and then I'm, I'm scrolling as I'm talking. Um, so last see, last year, he was only 63%. So he ranked 25th, even though he was 12th in total points. Um, okay. his, his 2018 season was his best year when he was 88%. But the last two years for the Rams, he's been 60 and 63. Solid wide receiver, three, two at best. But I'm not sure I can, I can move him up, even though, like I said, he was ranked 12th in total points. Uh, and he's been 10th, 14th, and 12th. So total points, he's always been up there. Uh, but the consistency has dropped off. We can blame Jared Goff. We can blame the whole Rams <laughs> offense in general. Um, but, yeah, I just – and maybe with Stafford, he picks that back up. I could easily see him being in the 70 percentile, which will put him more top 15. Um, but I don't know if he'll be ahead of Cooper. It'll be close. But I, I, Yeah, that's I, my I, thing. I, I think Cooper has me. more upside than Woods. I, I just, you know, again, yeah. you're 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 really at the end of the day, I think you're talking about a, um, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, the higher efficiency targets with Woods versus yes. what you would get with right. Cooper. He'll get, you're just gonna yeah, he'll get seven targets and catch five for 70, maybe a touchdown. They'll throw Cooper 15 times, and that'll be the first yeah. half, and then he'll catch four of those. And then the second half, he'll be another 15 and catch four. So end with eight. That looks like a great yeah. day. Yeah. So, something to add on, on Woods, too. He gets a lot of end-arounds, and he's yeah. productive yeah. on those end-arounds. Yeah. So something to add in. Ryan, who are you taking? Oh, Cooper. I love Woods, but I'm I'm ready to be hurt again with Amari Cooper. So, 
Uh, um, Robert Robert Wood stands. It's like a it's like a crazy ex girlfriend. You just really coming back, right? You just yeah. Ryan loves toxic relationships. <laughs> loves toxic relationships. Big fan of them. Is Marlia watching? I hope I've, I've been dating. <laughs> I've been dating my wife since I was 16 years old, but I love toxic relationships. Ryan has been in a toxic relationship for the past 24 years. There you go. So you're like Britney Spears? Is that the keys? I guess. Just got to shave my head. Ryan Ryan is soon going to leave Marlia. No, just stop the sense now. Yeah, you just stop, Ryan. And write an Olivia Rodrigo type. Album about how toxic his relationship. If was. I leave my wife, I have to get a real job again. Yeah, We're not playing those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants that. Exactly. Ryan. Ryan's got the bag set right now. He's he's all good. All right, moving into the next team, uh, the New York Giants. Like I like I love the beginning of our look inside series. Right, I get so I'm excited. We're getting closer to the season, and then I realize we have to talk about literal dog shit for like five weeks. <laughs> And it's like, this This isn't fun. So, I mean, you know it's bad? You know it's bad when we're sitting here saying the upside is Sterling Shepard? Like, you know it's bad when we're sitting here saying that. Or Evan Ingram, either one. Yeah, either yeah. one. Josh, you have Shepard. Ryan, you have Evan Ingram. Downside, Ryan, Kenny Galladay. Josh, Evan Ingram, because, of course. Uh, Trustfall, uh, Saquon Barkley. Talk about a guy whose leg I don't trust. Uh, rookie to watch, Kadarius Tony, twentieth overall pick, baby. Who cares about Rashad Bateman? <laughs> Who cares? Why would you draft him when you could draft Kadarius Tony? Elijah Moore, fuck Elijah Moore. Why would you draft him when you could have Kadarius Tony, elite punt returner from the University of Florida? Uh, sleeper Darius Slayton. He's wide receiver 82, so he's free. It's literally free. Uh, I put him as my sleeper last year, and I hated myself. Actually, no, I had Daniel Jones as my sleeper last year. Don't draft Giants players. That's the moral of the story. No, yeah. Don't draft Giants players. Uh, If you're going to, though, draft Blake Martinez if you're playing an IDP league, because I just learned last year he topped 300 points again. uh, He did it in 2020, did it in 2019. Um, I have him for 325 again this year. Give him even give him one more game to stay healthy and gather more tackles. Big Blake Martinez fan. I guess we'll start with I want to let's start with Kenny Galladay because obviously new face, new place, not as good of a quarterback as he had in Detroit. So Bob, we'll start here. I know Ryan has him as a downside. How do you yeah. feel about Kenny Galladay, who, according to Fantasy Pros, is going wide receiver 22? So you can technically get him as your wide receiver, too. Right. And, and to be honest with you, I, I have been doing some mock drafts, and I have been drafting him as my wide receiver, too, because he's so talented. And, you know, and people are like, but he's got Daniel Jones. And I'm like, yeah, but Terry McLaurin was fantasy relevant with freaking Dwayne Haskins. So it can be done. I mean, Allen Robinson was – you know, very fantasy relevant with Mr. Visky. So and, and Blake Bortles. Yeah, and Blake Bortles. So again, I think it's really just the, the price value. Like, how do you not? I mean, because you have to assume they're gonna throw the ball to him a ton. They paid him a ton of money. Why would you not throw him to him? 
um, there isn't much else around them. Like you said, Shepard and, and all these guys. Um, I know Evan Ingram's going to have a banner year because I'm not going to draft him at all because I had him <laughs> in 40 in my 43 leagues last year. And his son of a bitch burned my ass. Um, so I refuse to draft. So he'll have a huge year. Everybody go draft him. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, Bob Long logic. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. It's, um, bad it's bad logic. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I'm still down. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how you can draft Kenny Galladay as your wide receiver two in round six. I mean, why? Yeah. He's got, he's got to put up at least solid wide receiver two numbers. Even if he, even if he's value, it's still a value, right? I mean, he could go one, but I would be surprised. Um, but like I said, McLaurin was one. Uh, Robinson's been a one with terrible quarterbacks. It can be done. And let's be honest, at some point, Jones has to be a little bit better. But, so I, I that's, think, that's, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I think the thing that saves Kenny Galladay is, I don't know his number off the top of my head, but he's unbelievable in 50-50 balls. Like, yeah, right. He's just stupid. I actually have that number for you, I, I know you do, and that's why I set you up for it, because I know you love Kenny Galladay's contested catch rate, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, between 2018 and 2019, and really, if you even want to include 2020, he has over 40 contested catches, wow. which is, wow. I believe, top three in the NFL. There was wow. there was one game last year. He was six catches on six targets for like 120 yards. All of those catches were 50-50 balls. They were all contested. How many wow. catches does he have on balls that are thrown 10 yards over his head out of bounds? Um, oh, I don't have that answer. <laughs> what I do know, what I do know is that Daniel Jones is actually a pretty good deep ball passer when he's not fumbling it or throwing it to the other team. Or tripping over his own. So there's that. I mean I know it's just it's easier to give Daniel Jones a hard time. I think my biggest well, I mean, issue with you. My biggest issue with Galladay, because you're right, if you just take it as what it is, how do you not take him as your wide receiver too? I think it's because, and I don't know that we're going to jump right back into Joe's completely invented game, but the people going around him, I would just rather have all of them, at least on my board, to where it's the same reason I like Ingram and Josh hates Ingram. Josh thinks Galladay is going to take touchdowns away from Ingram. I think Ingram is going to take touchdowns away from Galladay. The Giants wide receivers only scored eight touchdowns last year. I think it's just, I'm not, nothing about that seems great for me. He should see volume, but Sterling Shepard has been an eight target per game guy when he's with Daniel Jones. So how much volume is there going to be? Really? They should have to throw a lot, but their defense isn't that bad. And Saquon's back. There's a lot going against him that, wasn't necessarily working against him when he was in Detroit. Asking Ingram to start scoring touchdowns, I just don't think is going to happen. Like that's why they scored scored seven or eight his rookie year though. I mean, it could happen. His rookie year and has done nothing to build upon that at all. He scored one touchdown last year. He is the first. He's the, according to fantasy data's uh, rankings right now, he is the first, Evan Ingram's the first tight end with over a hundred targets since 2014 to not finish as a tight end one. Wow. Yeah. So what does that tell you? I mean, we all talk about it all the time. Touchdowns for tight ends matters. And, you know, in our Giants preview that I wrote up, which is on the website, www.clubfantasyffl.com, feel free to check that out. 
that's what I talk about. Like, if you add one touchdown to his total, he's tied in 11. You add two touchdowns, you add three touchdowns, he keeps moving up the ladder. But when you bring in a guy that we've seen have double-digit touchdowns, who, as we talked about earlier, has one of the highest contested catch rates in the NFL, that's where they're looking. We we talked early last season that Jason Garrett was trying to fit the square peg of Evan Ingram in the round hole that is the Jason Garrett role in his offense. Who fits that better, Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph? Like, I, I know that Evan Ingram's going to get targets because they're going to split him out wide. They're going to run him more as a slot receiver or running him outside because that's where he excels as a receiver because he sucks as a blocker. So maybe <laughs> if they start running more 12 personnel – you might see these two on the field, but when they're getting close inside the 20, I don't see a scenario where you're going to see Evan Ingram on the field. It's going to be Kyle Rudolph. And he averages almost five touchdowns per season over his career. Like that's the guy that you want when it comes to touchdowns in this offense. It's not Evan Ingram to me. Jason Garrett's too used to white unathletic tight ends. And that's why he's, <laughs> that's, he's too used Just to Just going to go to his safe Always, always got to go to the race card. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's 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 not the race. It's it's literally he had Jason Witten and Dalton Schultz. Like those are the two most unathletic people in the NFL, not named kickers and punters. So like, it, it's ridiculous. When I drive Jason, Jason Witten for Hall of Fame week, and I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna say, there you like, go. <laughs> listen, listen. Witten when he was like 25 had a little bit of a you know agility in there. Jason Witten never burned anyone down the field or shook anyone out of their boots. No, he just put them down. He just put them down because he was so big. Like, yeah. He's just giant. And if and if a safety tried to reach around him, it's like a baby trying to reach up to a six-foot-tall man trying to steal a lollipop. Like, it, it, you can't do it. The right. baby's too small. So right. it, it's just pure size. And Kyle Rudolph is a brick wall of a human. He is huge. Right. So it's a good point there, Josh. And yes, of course, we're going to go to my would you rather. This is a very interesting would you rather because I see guys in like the 30s that I would rather have over Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Galladay's going wide receiver 22. So we're going to have some fun with this one. So wide receiver 22 is Kenny Galladay. Wide receiver 20, we're going second wide receiver because this is, we talked about Galladay yeah. going around mm -hmm. wide receiver two here. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or Kenny Galladay, Bob? Probably Cooper Cup. I mean, he's he's... His consistency's always been there. I mean, he was injured last year, so he kind of was up and down. Um, but I, I think, I think I probably, I would rather, I would probably draft Cup for sure ahead of Galladay. Josh, Galladay, Ryan, Cup. I am going to lean Cup for the sole reason that Matt Stafford seemed to take a liking to Danny Amendola, and I think Cooper Cup plays kind of that role for him. Just so uh, a race card. <laughs> I mean, Bob, guys. Bob has already caught on. Guys, <laughs> guys. Bob's taking it and running listen, with it. He's catching listen, on quick. <laughs> New England went from Wes Welker to Julian Edelman to Danny Amendola to Gunnar Olszewski. What do they Actually, all have? Actually, it was Amendola before Julian Edelman. Yeah. No it, was, no, it was not. Check when Amendola signed in New England. Julian yeah, Edelman Amendola was a Patriot legal. since 2009. You idiot. Like, you arguing with me about this? Yeah, but, I mean, Edelman just retired, and Amendola hasn't been there in ages. So wouldn't Amendola had to have come before Edelman? No. What you guys? You, 
Are we really arguing this right now? This is like when Joe's the game. So I tell you, Joe's a Patriots fan. Yes. Yeah. This is oh, like yes. Joe is a Patriots fan. Josh tried to tell me Levante David was drafted the same year as Miles Jack. Levante David is 31. Miles Jack is 26. He That's tried he tried to tell me that. No, I, I understand that. But the point that I'm getting at is first off, they both started in 2009, right? But Edelman yeah. really didn't get going as the Patriots go to until Amendola got there. So really they started their Patriots career at the same time. Uh, if you I mean if you really want to get technical. Okay. All right. You this is the- literally looking at their stats, Joe. This is this is pissing me off. <laughs> started at the same time. Okay. 2013. That was that was Edelman's first big year in New England. Okay. That was the first year he had 100 catches, first year he topped 60 targets. And and I could tell you as a Patriots fan, Danny Amendola was garbage his first I'm few years. I'm not saying he wasn't. Okay, so so I never Ryan, said he wasn't. I'm just saying that they really they got going with the Patriots Ryan, at the same Ryan, time. Ryan, if you want me to stop talking about this, tell Josh to stop being a moron. That's that's how the game. Is. Thank you. Fantastic. Back to your corners. Jesus, moron. Absolute <laughs> moron. Why is he on this show? Uh, I want to skip 21 because it's Deontay Johnson just to spite uh, Josh. <laughs> I would Bob, actually hear, like to hear Bob's answer. Yeah, I, that's Deontay the only answer I want to wow. hear. Bob, yeah. Deontay Johnson or Kenny Galladay? Say Kenny Galladay, I'll send you like a signed jersey by <laughs> anyone you want. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much money it is. I'll, I'll send it to you right now. Kenny Galladay. No, I'm <laughs> Wow. I, I do want to add to this. Three all three Pittsburgh wide receivers are going in the top thirty of wide receivers. Right. Just adding that in there. Because they all Johnson's finished there last eyes. year. People yeah. are creatures I, I have it. I think Deontay and, and Schuster will be up there. I don't think Claypool will. Interesting. Consistency wasn't strong enough to be there. Um Johnson's was. That's why I'm like really hesitant. I probably would uh, this is why we love this game. Yeah. You know, I am going to say Kenny Galladay, and here's why. Um, yeah. Because, one, there are three very good wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Um, the Browns' defense is much better this year. The Ravens' defense is always good. So the Steelers or the Bengals' the only ones are really suck. The Giants get to play against the Cowboys twice, the Redskins twice. And the Eagles twice. That could be a lot more volume, a lot more consistency out of Galladay than Johnson. So it's really close, but I, I, I could talk myself into Galladay over Johnson, and I know that, and and that's my legitimate reason. Yeah, I mean, it's wrong, but it's fair. Yeah, we, <laughs> we love peer pressure. I, I mean, yeah, I would probably go Deontay Johnson once he figures out how to put stick him on his hands, and we can we can fix those drops. Um, right. But the other thing we have to get, you have to remember with Deontay Johnson is that we have for for him to be better than Galladay, Ben has to play all season. Yeah, that may not be that very be true. <laughs> the the contingency plan is Ben Roethlisberger's right arm. That's the contingency plan. Yeah, yeah. Deontay Johnson. And that's another reason why I think I would take Galladay. Because that could happen. Big That's Ben fair. going down has a lot more potential than Jones. And even if Jones goes down, could the backup be that much worse? Well, that's true. The guy from row three, the guy from row three, C four could come down and 
still still be all right. Is is Colt McCoy still the backup? No, it's uh the guy with the neck, Glennon. Oh, <laughs> the guy with the, the, guy neck. With the neck. Everyone has a neck, Ryan. <laughs> oh, there we go with the race card again. Not yeah. like not like Mike Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone. You're not wrong. He is he is uh like. So a now we're bringing source. aliens into this. I see how it is. No, he is a giraffe. He is a yeah. confirmed giraffe. All right, twenty-two. Mexico Burris, like, yes, yes. The Giants love their necks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> twenty-two is Kenny Galladay. Twenty-three. Would you rather Tyler Lockett or Kenny Galladay, Bob? Uh, that I would go Kenny Galladay. Lockett's consistency just. Isn't I said there. I knew where Bob was going with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't. Lockett is just every year is one. He's is that he's one of those poster boys for inconsistencies. Like it'll be top twelve, top fifteen. And then it'd be like 40% consistent. Just just kills me. Yeah, I, I can't do Lockett anymore. Josh? Oh, Galladay. Easy. Ryan? Lockett. Easy for me. Ryan's a big Tyler Lockett fan. Uh, I, I would I, I wouldn't draft either of them, but I would go Galladay. Um, I would stay away from both of them. But, you know, if I'm there, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay or wide receiver 24, DJ Moore, Bob? Uh, Galladay, I, I, I'm not sold on Sam Donald not seeing ghosts in Carolina. Gotta love it. Josh? Galladay, touchdown upside. Ryan? You finally got me. I'd go Galladay oh. in this situation. I, I mean... I also don't like DJ Moore is, I guess, the issue. <laughs> so, I'm not... I think I was saying this last year. They they feel like I know they're way different size and build. They feel like the same person on the football field to me. Uh, Galladay just makes up for touchdowns. What more makes up for in in receptions? So I'm fine with DJ Moore. Honestly, I don't I don't know why everyone's hating. Uh, I would go DJ Moore in this instance. Uh, you know, I I think Bridge Bridgewater isn't that much better than Darnold. So, if if Sam Darnold checks down to DJ Moore five times more than Teddy Bridgewater did, DJ Moore's a top 15 wide receiver because there was five times where Bridgewater didn't check down to DJ Moore and it was a 60-yard touchdown. So, There's that. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to remember, last year they didn't have McCaffrey to check down to at all, and they still didn't throw to Moore that much. Exactly. In fact, Robbie Anderson had a better fantasy year than DJ Moore. That's scary. Teddy Two Gloves loves the deep ball, which brings me to my next guy, who is wide receiver 28, whereas Galladay is wide receiver 22. Who would you rather have, Cortland Sutton or Kenny Galladay as your wide receiver two, Bob? As long as Drew Locke is in Denver, it's going to be Kenny Galladay. Josh? Literally, Linda posted this on Twitter today. Did she? And I said, yeah. And I said, I have them like back to back in terms of like stats outside of touchdowns. I would lean Galladay based on the touchdown upside, but based on price, give me Sutton. Ryan. It's Galladay for me. I'm just not sold on the big Sutton return, mainly because I disagree with Josh and I think Jerry Judy is going to be very good. So, nope. I, I like Cortland Sutton. So I am I'm all aboard the Cortland Sutton train. I drafted him last year, and he screwed me over because of his injuries. So here's a big bounce back here, Cortland. And uh, go Ponies, because he's an SMU receiver, and all of them are good. Just waiting for James Prochet's breakout year um, in Baltimore, or if, if he ever gets traded elsewhere. 
blows my mind. They have absolute garbage and fire. Like it, it's their wide receiver room sucks, and James Prochet can't get a damn snap, and he has one of the, some of the best hands on the team. Like it does doesn't make sense to me. Blows my mind. All right, there's another guy here that is wide receiver 31. There are nine spots difference between each other. Kenny Galladay or T Higgins, Bob? Yeah, he actually popped up on my list too. So I'm glad you brought him up. Um, well, I'm on footballguys.com and they have Higgins at 26, but, um, I think Cincinnati's situation is going to be way too much like Pittsburgh situation where you've got three very good wide receivers, a bad defense and a good quarterback. And I think they're all going to kind of, uh, eat into each other's production. So I think just because I think Galladay should see so much more targets, target share on his team. I think I'll still go Galladay. Um, but I do love Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 33, I think is even a hell of a deal. Josh. I mean, I have Galladay ranked higher, but again, it boils down to price point for me. And I still think Higgins is going to have a great year. So I have zero issue taking Higgins. Ryan. Yeah. T Higgins is just Joe Burrow over Daniel Jones for me. So. I'd rather have T as my wide receiver too. Like I would, I would have no problem taking T Higgins in the sixth or seventh round. I'm shocked at how low his ADP is. I'm interested to see if that comes up when uh, more casuals start drafting. So potentially, potentially I mean, it's rookie fever. I mean, everybody has it. I mean, everybody thinks that Jamar chase is just going to be like that guy. And I think he's going to be good. But I still would much rather trust Higgins this year over Chase. Well, even still, I mean, if, in my projections, I think I have Higgins as third in PPR amongst that team, and I would still rather have Higgins. It's just I know what Boyd's going to get, and I love Jamar Chase. Oh, I have but... Higgins ranked higher than all three of them in my projections. Yeah, and that's what you're going to see in a ton. I mean, I don't think you'll have anybody with Boyd at one. Um, I think it's going to be just a, a rundown between Chase. And it's funny because it'll probably be the other one who ends up in third every time. So, yeah. It's it's definitely an interesting wide receiver. We'll go, you guys have already talked. About I have a boy one. Go ahead. Do you? Okay. Okay. So so here's my ranks. In, this yeah. is in my tier draft. He list said, "Screw us, uh, electronic spreadsheet," and brought I out the whole it. damn paper. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I have Boyd at 25. I have okay. Chase at 26, and I have Higgins at 35. Mostly just because I feel like. Higgins, I think Higgins is the odd man out because I think Boyd is more, you know, obviously a much more a veteran, obviously a more veteran receiver. Um, you know, Burrow only really got to play with Higgins for half the year. Yeah. Um, he, they were both very consistent when Burrow was on the field. But then, you know, you bring in, you know, my best friend from college is going to play <laughs> now. So who's the odd man out? Do I, I'm going to go veteran and best friend and leave the guy out in the middle. Um, and I think it'll, every game will be different. You'll have a game where Higgins will yeah. be the number one guy for the week. And then next week it'll be, so I think, but I think because of the fact, kind of like the Dallas situation, Bengals often their defense is so bad that yes. they're going to have to throw the ball again. Burrow's going to have to throw the ball 40 times a game. Um, and I think they'll all, you know, you could easily see one of those scenarios we, we haven't had in a while. I think maybe the Rams from a few years ago when like they had woods and cup and, Somebody else are, are uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. They were all on the same team together. I think they were all like top 25 or top 30. Um, you well, I mean, even last year, the Panthers, Panthers had three and the Steelers had three. I mean, I think yeah, you're going to start Steelers seeing had three. Yeah, yeah, right. Steelers had three last year. So, it, it, you know, it can be done. 
but I don't think any of them are going to be top 20 because they're all going to kind of just, like I said, game after game is going to be different. So I agree. That's, I mean, like I said, I think they're all very close. And, and, and if somebody says, well, I have, you know, Higgins, Chase, and Boyd, okay, that, I, I get it. I'm not going to argue with it. I mean, and all, if you're looking at value-based drafting, Boyd is likely to be the best value by far because well, you yeah, can get him like, two rounds later. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm doing some mock drafts, and I think I just took Boyd as my wide receiver three in like round eight or round seven. So, yep. um, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, Tyler Boyd's wide receiver three is a great spot. But let's move into our last team of the night, the San Francisco 49ers, a, a team that's probably better than their record of 6-10 and 10 last year. Like it, it, Nick Bosa went down, obviously a quarterback carousel that they had, uh, a tremendous amount of running back injuries last year. And they've really kind of shored up all of their issues like their offensive line got hella Very better <laughs> yeah they drafted a couple running backs to make sure that they wouldn't be hurting in the backfield they drafted a quarterback in top three they moved up to get trey lance they really kind of plugged a lot of holes obviously there's still more on the defense like i still don't trust their secondary but when you have nick bosa fred warner javon kinlaw dre greenlaw i mean we, we talk about it with washington uh they didn't really need that great of a secondary when you have five first round picks rushing the quarterback. Like you, you don't, you don't need a great secondary at that point. Cause they're going to get to the quarterback in two seconds. So that could be the case with San Francisco this year. Upside, Ryan, you got Ayuk, Josh, you have Debo downside, Ryan, you have Raheem Mostert, Josh, you have George Kittle. Sorry, stoner. If you're watching Uh trust fall, Ryan, you have George Kittle. guess we know who's on stoner's good side today. Josh, you have Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Uh, my sleeper, Jalen Hurd. I think this is the third straight year I've put you as my sleeper. I say can you we, just like being hurt at this point. <laughs> can we just can we just stay healthy? Like, please stay healthy because you came in year one and everyone was like, yeah, Jalen Hurd, you know, get some time on the field. I'm like, great. Let's, you know, we'll throw him in there as a sleeper. Year two, he was getting hyped up. He had a couple good plays of preseason. Hurt. Okay, Jalen, can you, can you give me half a season? Like half a season I'll be happy with. At this point, but I didn't like anyone else on that roster um, as my sleeper. And then IDP, I just wanted to highlight someone outside of Fred Warner. Uh, draft Fred Warner. That's that's a fairly simple and obvious <laughs> thing to do. But Javon Kinlaw, um, I believe he's in his second year. He's someone who's less obvious that could break out at the defensive tackle position. Um, he had 97 points last year, which you know, isn't anything amazing, but it's also nothing to you know scoff at. I have him for like 155 this year. I could see him easily being inside the top 25 for a defensive lineman. So eyes on Javon Kinlaw because um, he's in an unbelievably athletic defensive tackle for his size. So someone to keep an eye on um, that is not named Fred Warner on that defense. I feel like we have to start with George Kittle. And I think the only thing that is going to come from Josh's side is his ADP is too high and he doesn't stay healthy. I feel like that's Josh's downside argument there. Um, it's part of it, but it's not the whole thing. Fair. <laughs> Please. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Please give me the whole argument then, Josh. Why Why do you hate George Kittle? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out, first off, uh, a tweet from Matthew Betts, who was on with us a couple weeks ago, when he's talking about Kittle's injuries. And basically, so 2017, 
ankle sprain, 2018 AC joint sprain, 2019 hyperextended knee, 2020 also a hyperextended knee, and then the cuboid fracture. And Betts claims that he's more unlucky versus being injury prone, and a lot of it's because it's come as a blocker. So I said, okay, let's test this theory. So I went through and I kind of started looking at where he's lining up each year. So in 2017, 36% of his snaps, he was either run blocking or pass blocking. In 2018, that number jumped to 43.4%. 2019, it spiked at 54.4%. And then in 2020, it was 47.2%. I don't think any of us is arguing the fact that the best all-around tight end in the game is George Kittle. He's elite as a blocker, and we know what he's capable of from a receiving standpoint, correct? But we don't get points in fantasy football for blocking. And if you're staying in line and blocking and it's getting you hurt, you're not producing fantasy points. And at his current ADP as a result, that becomes an issue because you're paying a high price for him to run routes less than 50% of the time or really right around the 50% of the time mark. This is a team that is going to run the football. They drafted a quarterback who had 1,100 rushing yards his one year as a starter at North Dakota State. They're going to run, and he's going to be blocking. So a lot of his receptions and receiving totals are going to be more scheme-based, which is what you see a lot with the like an A.J. Brown. Like you're, you're, you're hoping for that high efficiency, right? Well, since 2017, when Kittle came into the league, he's fifth in yards per reception among all tight ends, and he's second in yards per target. So, yes, those are very good numbers, but you're banking on efficiency. And when you couple that with his inability to stay healthy because he keeps getting hurt as a blocker, that runs a very large risk at his current ADP. I'm not saying he can't live up to it. I'm saying now the odds are being stacked against him as a result, and it makes him more risky when I can draft someone like Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, who I know are going to produce as receivers because they're not spending 50% of the time blocking. I just want to throw in one quick thing, and then I'll, I'll let Bob talk. So you just broke down his how often he was blocking stats from, what, 2018 through now? 2017 to now, yes. Perfect. Did you happen to look at you're claiming we're not getting fantasy points for blocking. We're not. Did you happen to look at his fantasy points per game over those points? Didn't much care because he's not staying healthy. One year, one year, two years, he had what? What were the other two years? But here's the thing too. The last two years, they've spent high draft capital on wide receivers. But he's not losing fantasy points while he's blocking. It's He just has to stay on the field. So if Okay, but those years when he was elite, he didn't have a Brandon IU. He had Brandon Ayuk had almost 15 fantasy points per game last year. So to now you go into this season with George Kittle on top of Brandon Ayuk on top of Debo Samuel. He doesn't this have to outscore large, Brandon. This is a very small pie for three very good players. He doesn't have to outscore Brandon Ayuk. He has to outscore the pile of crap that is fantasy tight end, and he's going to do that with no problem. Over his career, before he even became the man, he averages 13. But you're saying that he's going to do that before he gets hurt because he's blocking for Raheem Mostert or Trey Sermon or whatever running back that Kyle Shanahan feels like he wants to trot out this week. I'm not worried about the injuries. 
Uh, George Kittle last year was on pace for his second most targets, his most receptions, his second most receiving yards. And that and happens when you're trying to break in a rookie wide receiver. Okay. I can't find my stats, um, but the other thing I want to bring up is Trey Lance threw like 50% of his touchdowns in college to tight ends. So can I, uh, can I, and Kittle's can never I, had more than five in a season, so I'm not that worried about it. Trey Lance is going to unlock him. Let's, uh, let's let Bob talk. Hold on. Just, just real <laughs> quick. Joe, 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 real Joe. quick. Then I'll, then I will kick it to Bob. Uh, they broke in Debo Samuel in 2019 and still George only had eight targets and George Kittle had, uh, five touchdowns, 85 catches over a thousand yards. Um, in 14 games, so just a little confused on what's happening when you're here. missing one game when you're missing two games that can then turn to five or six games or half the season or more than half the season like it did last year and now you're adding a 17th game to the schedule see the the thing i don't like about josh is he's starting to turn into skip bayless he just wants the clicks he just oh. wants people to listen to what I'm presenting saying. an argument that's it no you're presenting a terrible argument that stuff like fox sports <laughs> and espn present to get a rise out of people and get clicks and views and i know i know in your deepest heart of hearts you want to believe it but you literally just said george kittle's the best all-around tight end first off i never said i believed it i was just presenting an argument for so, why so okay, he's a you risk you just proved my point I just said he's a risk. We're talking about a trust fall versus upside that. versus downside, Bob, right? Bob, That's talk. what we're talking about. Bob, talk. Talk. He just proved my point. He just proved my point. Bob, talk. All right, so let me just throw out consistency numbers. Last three years, 75, 79, 81. He did only miss two games in 2019 and 2018. Injured or not, the man toughs it out. Last year was so bad that he missed half the season. He only played eight games. But as you guys said, he was on pace for 250 fantasy points, which would have beat 2019, uh, just below 2018. Uh, he's definitely one of the best in the games. And watch the man play. As, yeah, he's. I get it. He probably is getting some injuries from blocking. But this man barrels through people. And, and that will cause injuries, and too. When you're thrusting you 280, you know, 275 yards running at a – 280 pound linebacker full speed because you want to blast him off the off the field that's going to cause some injuries to your legs as well so i i'm not saying that your idea is plus i think you i think matthew best just gave you money just to put his name out here and brag about uh. it but, <laughs> but um no I, I mean kittle you know like you said it's one of those things where do you want to pay up you know, do you, do you want to? Well, and, and that's the point that I'm getting. I'm not saying it's not a good value, but it is a little bit more risky than maybe a Darren Waller or, you know, somebody like that. But again, the point that I'm getting at when you have the choice between those three guys, he's the riskier of the three. That makes him less trustworthy, in my opinion. That's why I can't, yeah. that's why I don't put him as a trustworthy. Yeah. That's the but argument that I'm trying to make. That's it. Games, he's going to be top three. He's not going to pass Kelsey. Nobody's going to pass Kelsey. Nope. So if you're going, if you're going to draft somebody that high, you might as well just draft Kelsey in late first round and just get it over with because it's going to be worth it. If Kittle could fall to the third or fourth, I may be more interested, but not in a second. Because I'm going to take Kelsey in one if I'm going to be that excited about getting a tight end. I'm not going to go, oh, five picks later, I'm going to take Kittle. No, <laughs> I'm going to take Kelsey. 
And then if I won't, don't want to take Kittle, then I'm going to wait to round three or four to take Waller or, you know, or I'm just going to wait till rounds eight and nine and take Tanya and Logan Thomas back to back and not have to worry about it. That's yeah, Waller's the one that always throws the interesting wrinkle in this because it seems like the fantasy world is just waiting for Waller to fall off and he just keeps crushing it. Right. And you're absolutely right that if I know I can land Waller in round three, I'll skip Kittle in round two. But I don't know if that's going to keep happening with Waller is the issue. If- right, it depends. And, and with so many leagues now being tight end premium, then all of a sudden things just change drastically anyway. So, yep. um but okay. If, if George Kittle catches two more balls for two yards and two touchdowns last year, he's tight end 11. How many touchdowns would, does that put him at for the season, Joe? That would put him at four, and he's still tight end 11 through eight okay. games. <laughs> eight games, he's tight end 11. Yeah. He when did uh, Brandon Ayuk finally get going? He would have. Can you can you give me a second here? He would have. He would have outplayed. Hunter Henry, who played a full season, he would have been two points shy of Noah Fant, who is going in the top, close to the top eight this year, might be top seven. It, he, he's literally, it, all, all it takes is literally two catches for a yard and two touchdowns for him to be a top 12 tight end. And he played half the season. Okay, cool. So you want to spend a fourth round, second second round pick on somebody who's only playing eight games? I don't buy high on tight ends. Well, that's the point I'm getting at. That's the point I'm getting at. Like, you laid out the argument. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not a good tight end. I never once said he wasn't good. I'm saying, can you trust him? And there's a valid argument that you can't. That's it. But couldn't you make the same argument that Ayuk got his numbers because Kittle wasn't playing? Can't you also make the argument that Debo Samuel's injury prone as well? So Debo Samuel... Oh, I'm not saying that, that... I mean, I think Debo's better as a second receiver. I have him as my upside because he's going three rounds later than Ayuk. But I, I trust Ayuk because I've seen what Kyle Shanahan does with an ex-wide receiver. And Brandon Ayuk displayed those traits last year without George Kittle. Sure. All I'm saying is your upside is injury prone. So why is your downside? Like, it doesn't make sense. You George Kittle's injury. One prone. is going in the second round. The other's going in the ninth. That's why. Yeah. By the rules of this weird game we've created, you can't really call George Kittle an upside. <laughs> yeah, no. so for me, it's either downside or trustful. And I don't trust him. You could have just left him off the list. Jerk. Yeah. Like- <laughs> That wouldn't make for an entertaining show, Ryan. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. It's all about the clicks. That's right. As Joe pointed out. <laughs> I hate people that don't believe in you in their arguments. And that uh, that truly, that kind of pissed me off. Like, believe in your argument if you're going to bring I believe in the argument. I, no, I've stated don't. again. I believe in the argument. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying he can't and or won't finish as a top three tight end. Because you laid it out. He can do that in eight games. I get it. But there's risk. That's the point. There is risk. Go ahead, Bob. Bob. Can we talk about Raheem Mostert? Please. So last year, I had a man crush on him beyond belief. Um, And he let me down, mostly due to injury. He started off with two straight great clutch games right at the beginning of the year. Um, Couldn't stay healthy. They get rid of Coleman and McKinnon. So they basically have Jeff Wilson and, and a bunch, and I know they drafted a rookie, but huh? 
Wilson's Jeff hurt. Wilson's ha- J- oh, he yeah, Wilson's hurt. <laughs> it's a Carson I'm like, on a 49ers. I, I'm just giddy to get him as my running back three. Really? Because I think if he can stay healthy, which again, you know, here we go with, with the, we're back on the health kick. Um, I think Mostert really is one of the most talented running backs by far on that team. Um, you know, he has incredible speed, incredible agility. He's, you know, he's shown these bursts of busted off 80 yard runs. Anybody else? I, I know uh, down Ryan's got him a downside. So Brian, I mean, well, you talk, you hit it on the head. If I could get if I could get him as my running back three, I'd love him. But he's okay. going in the All fourth right. round as an RB two right now, and there's no way I can touch him at that price. Well, that's weird because on the on the uh, football guy's site, his ADP consensus is thirty. Okay, see, and that's where ADPs are just all over the place right now. Yeah, now maybe you've been in drafts that he's went higher than that. I I just, um, you know, I mean, around that you've got guys like, you know, Gordon, James Robinson, Mike Davis, Edmonds, Fournette. I mean, all of them could could have some potential. I mean, I like Mike Davis there as well. I don't know. I just, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of back in on Mostert this year because I feel like, whoa, now I can get him later. But – the mock drafts I've done, he's went later, but I think I've either probably, you know, he was, cause I was probably, I, I, you, I've been loading up on running backs first three rounds because I've kind of been middle of the pack. So like right, that number six spot, I'm getting like Kamara and then I'm coming back with like Aaron Jones and then grabbing a Montgomery or, or somebody like that or CEH um, Dobbins, one of those kind of people. So I'm kind of just trying that scenario and then see what comes later. So I really haven't had the opportunity to really get Mostert yet or, or be in the position that Mostert would fall to me as my running back three. But, yeah, I mean, if he could be there, I, I'm kind of okay with that. And it sounds like you guys are pretty much into it too. So that's – Oh, it's RB3. Absolutely. Okay. It, it, I honestly wouldn't even touch him as my RB3. I, I think it's no. a pretty telling sign when you're spending two draft picks on, on running backs – and a guy that you really didn't even want to pay to be a starter, that doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in me from a fantasy perspective. Well, I, I'm not denying the talent. I believe it. He's got the burst. He has yeah. the yards per carry, and they have a good offensive line. And he's going to get first crack at it because he's the veteran. But right. I think yeah, that could crash me out very like, quickly. This one year, though. Like I, see the, like, I see those draft picks as, okay, we're getting Trey Lance, so here's future quarterback first year get two running backs that's going to come up next year. And, and, you know, you've got Ayuk, you've got Samuel, you've got, you've got a lot of youth right here on this offense. So let's get some guys, especially probably with Wilson hurt, you know, they got rid of McKinnon and, 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 and Coleman. So my thought was those draft picks are kind of like, okay, there's our future. Well, obviously most are you, it's your job to lose. If you get hurt, you know, you're going to Wally pip your ass right off the court, off the field, and you'll never see yourself again, never see on field again. But um, I don't know. I, that's kind of why I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not worried about those running backs picks because I think that's the building of the future for San Francisco. Yeah. But that's smart. Raheem Moser, according to Fantasy Pros, is going literally as the first RB3 off the board at running back 25. God, he's all over the place because yeah, I was looking and then I went to underdog and he's in the seventh round as the RB 30. So it's crazy. Yeah. yeah so I guess it just depends, you know, and I think it's going to be like that all year. I think 
I think you'll be able to get him late. I mean, if somebody grabs him earlier than that, that's just somebody just has more of a man crush than I do. But well, let's 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 end it on the. Uh, would you rather for your RB three? Let's do it. What what else is more fitting? I am not since he's the first RB three. I'm just gonna go from below because okay. I'm just gonna go on a hunch and say everyone would rather Kareem Hunt over uh, yeah. Mostert. Yes. And now this might be a coin toss, but James Robinson over Raheem Mostert. I would. Oh, I would still take James Robinson. Over yeah, Mostert. yeah. I think I, I think I'm doing Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, that one's pretty. And to to add to that, Kareem Hunt and James Robinson are going two rounds before. Raheem Mostert. So the argument is pointless. There's your tear break, apparently. Yeah. The, yeah well, right. the, the tear break is literally the tear break is um, Kareem Hunt is the middle of the fifth. James Robinson's top of the fifth. Raheem Mostert is end of the sixth. Wow. So, yeah. A lot so of wide big, receivers and quarterbacks going there. Big tear break. You yeah. Probably, well, you could probably sprinkle in too, like TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. The, 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 the Falcons fan, Kyle Pitts, a couple of those, like Lamar Jackson, probably going around that round as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the tear break here. So, your RB3 is literally, RB3 is the tear break here. Like, your ones and twos kind of mesh. Antonio Gibson's going 18 overall, Mixon's going 19 overall, and that's 12 and 13. So, those are your mesh. This is the cutoff here. So Raheem Mostert's 25. Would you rather Raheem Mostert as your RB3 or Melvin Gordon as your RB3? Bob. I'll take Gordon, but I damn sure am going to have Javante Williams a couple rounds later. Well, Javante Williams is going in the middle of the 11th round, so you'll have plenty. Oh, that's coming up. This, well, so the interesting enough, again, I'm looking at football guys, so um, Brian, back me up. Yeah. Here. Um, they have Mostert going 77th. I'm sorry. They have Gordon going 72nd and then they have Javante Williams going 87th. So only basically a round and a half later. But and a part of, I, I'm probably partly to blame for that specific one because it's, they, they bring in our consensus consensus rankings and I'm higher on Gordon this season, just because I believe they'll run him. Well, but this round, is all, so. I mean, but this one, this is the one though, ADP wise that uses MFL, RTS, yep. football calculator and, and non and then non PPR. And, and so, then our I mean, rankings. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's not all your fault, Ryan. Just, no, I know. So it, <laughs> it's not all about you, babe. Fantasy Pros uses ESPN. Don't you know, Ryan Bob? It's always about Ryan. It's always all about me. <laughs> Fantasy Pros uses um, ESPN, RT Sports, Fantrax, and FFC. So. Okay. I think what surprises me more is seeing Leonard Fournette at 29 and Ronald Jones at 34. That's, and then Mostert's at 30. Like, I feel like Mostert... I feel like Mostert should be way ahead of both of them because they're going to, again, kind of chew at each other's yeah, offensive stats but yeah um ryan i know your answer it's melvin gordon is it's my presumption over here yep. most yeah. josh i think it's the same, same with gordon. you um I, I i am not drafting either of these guys but i would probably go melvin gordon i think ryan and josh have convinced me that melvin gordon will no longer have legs after this season so i, I that's i'm they'll I'm, have legs i think it's just gonna you're gonna see still like a 1a 1b type role i mean even if williams is the presumed starter like it seems to be like rumored here of late that they drafted williams to trade up to get him they're gonna they're gonna start him right away gordon's still gonna have a role I, I think and Gordon, he played all 16 last year. Like, I mean, I think Gordon's he's still going to be in a split backfield. Like, we exactly. That's what play. he's played his entire career. So yep. Go ahead, Bob. Bob. here's, here's the, here's the hot take. 
you can, you can record this for later. Melvin Gordon gets traded before week three. Ooh. And Javante takes over. And that's why I think the beat writer said this this past week that by by day one, Javante would be taking over. I think it's because Denver is going to make sure that Gordon and them both stay healthy. And about third week of August, I think somebody who needs, if somebody loses somebody like to an injury in the off season yeah. or, you know, somebody like Atlanta, maybe Mike Davis isn't the answer or Arizona or somebody like that. Maybe Miami. Um, I could see somebody trading a pick for Gordon, especially if they think they have a shot at getting to the playoffs with it. Um, maybe like I think Vegas. Gordon will get moved and Denver will get some picks or get somebody for the future because Gordon's, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think now, now you've sapped all the value for him. I think there's nothing to get rid of those two. I, I think the Raiders could use another running back. On <laughs> yeah, the field. they need a big back so he can play guard. Yeah, I I mean I I think I think bringing in Kenyon Drake to back up Josh Jacobs just wasn't enough. I think I think you need another. Yeah, right. Can never have enough running backs. Stud Power Five conference running. That's back. every fantasy player's motto, Bob. Yeah. Or send him to New it's England true. and it'll just join that mishmash of. There garbage. you go. Oh, all right. Um. So Raheem Mostert, we talked about Melvin Gordon. Um, I'm going to go, uh, Bob is taking Raheem Mostert over Mike Davis very clearly from that last interaction. And I think Josh and Ryan are on the same train there. I'll take three games of Raheem Mostert over 16 of, of Mike Davis. I want fair. nothing to do with Mike Davis this year. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, Bob was going to not agree with no, you. He just really? happened to bring him up. So. Okay. So Mike Davis, you got to remember last year was 70% consistent when he took over for McCaffrey in a, not a very good offense. Yeah. Um, playing with Atlanta and you've got this powerhouse passing offense. Mike Davis plays at least 14 games. Mike Davis's top 24 running back in fantasy. Mike Davis sucks. That's my answer to that question. I just can't get with the opportunity, baby. He's going to get touchdowns. He's going to get 10, 15 touches a game, rush for 60 yards, get a touchdown catch a couple passes out of the backfield. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be like this amazing, you know, top 12, but again, when you look at the rest, when you look at that 20 to 24, maybe even 26 or seven, there's just a, I mean, like ATN is the 24th ranked in this here. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what Miles Gaskins really can do. I mean, he certainly had a very good season in Miami. We don't know. Chase Edmonds is a 25. Mike Davis is 26. James Robinson is 27. I mean, I don't see how if Mike Davis, again, plays 14 games and is just part of the offense, doesn't not that he's going to get tons of touches, but just opportunity and having the talent around him, I don't see how he doesn't make top 24 in fantasy. Let me, if let he me, stays healthy. Let me, let me put this out there. Now, obviously, this guy was four, actually six to five to six years younger than Mike Davis is right now. Who, Mostert? Um, um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Not, not Mostert. Um, so, Devonta Freeman. Same offense. Uh, not, not the same offense, but still same style and still Matt Ryan. It's still basically most of the same players there. That offensive line was still garbage when Devonta Freeman was there. Um, still wasn't, it, and it still is today. But... 
I feel like, I mean, Mike Davis, 5'9", 221. Devonta Freeman, 5'8", 206. Dave, they're the same height, and Davis has 15 pounds on him. And they're all in the quads. All in the quads. And this thing is like, I, I could, like, and I think I, I just, when, when Bob said, you know, if he plays 14 games, it could be top 24. Devonta Freeman was, like, RB5, like, the, the year that I'm specifically referring to. It was either 2015, 2016. Mike Davis won't do that. But if he could give you 70% of that year of Devonta Freeman, I feel like that's worth it in, according to Fantasy Pros, the seventh round, middle of the seventh round. Like, if you give me 70% of Devonta Freeman in the middle of the seventh round, I would take it. This this is my issue with guys like Mike Davis, especially on teams like Atlanta that suck. I mean, by trading Julio, they basically have said – we're probably really going to suck this year, and they're playing for a top a top five draft pick, right? That or they said Kyle Pitts isn't playing tight end. We're going to spread him out wide opposite. Who, or that opposite they're still not going to win any more than seven games. Seven. The is point of getting it. We don't care about wins. We care about fantasy points. I, yeah, Bob. I'm getting there, Bob. I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> if they're not winning. And Mike Davis still continues to be inefficient because, look, that's what he was in Carolina. He was inefficient. He was not good. It was, again, like Bob said, it was a product of volume. They didn't draft any running backs, but they have a couple undrafted guys in Javion Hawkins, in Caleb Huntley. If these guys end up making the team because they don't have any other depth, at that point, when does it become, let's see what we have with these guys. And let's run with it because we're obviously not winning. Like Davis isn't going to help them win. And that's my problem with taking someone like a Mike Davis. And and there's been the history of this, you know, throughout fantasy. And I, I just, that that's, I'm, I don't want to fall yeah. into that trap. Even if it is my RB three or my RB four, right, whatever it may be like, that's a, that that's just a roster clogger at that point. How, how many games did Carolina win with Mike Davis? Five. But we knew they were going to suck. Okay. And, and, and he, that's all he was, was a replacement. They weren't trying to find the next running back because they I, I have McCaffrey. That. They just but signed him to an extension. Points. He was Who'd they have goal. behind him? They literally had nobody. What the Falcons have saying, nobody? Atlanta <laughs> have. Atlanta's and, it's Atlanta. a, and they have a better passing game. Atlanta looks, Atlanta looks like they could play in the ACC. Like, that's how bad they are. <laughs> They're gonna have so if Mike Davis rushes for seventy yards and scores a touchdown, that's thirteen fantasy points. That's not great, but but that's consistency because if he gets over eleven, he qualifies. So he could be seventy percent consistent, be top twenty in total points, and you're getting him in the seventh round. I mean, I think that's what our that 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 team is going to throw the football seven hundred and fifty times this year because they're not going to run. At some point, they're going to get stopped at five. Josh, Josh confirmed hates quads. That's that's what's confirmed. That's what it is. It's it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> call. It's call a quad Luke card. Play the quad card is what he's playing. Call right. Luke Sawhawk. Tell him that Josh <laughs> hates the quad squad. So, um, that, here's what else could happen. Let's go the opposite way. By week four, Mike Davis isn't being efficient. That's where Melvin Gordon goes. Yeah, and that's okay. I, I think that's why we expected you to pick uh, Moster over Moster. Davis is because you brought that up. But yeah. you just it's it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, all right. Last last one, last one. 
because soft spot in my heart for this guy because I called him a sleeper last year, and he kicked ass. Um, and he did it. He didn't do exactly what I said. I said he'd have eighty-five catches. Oh. I think he had seventy something. Like it, it, he had more runs than I expected. But Raheem Mostert, who is RB twenty-five, and again, this is not value. Who do you want as your RB three? Raheem Mostert. Or Naheem Hines. Obviously, this is PPR. Bob. I love Naheem Hines. I had him on a lot of leagues last year. Um, but I think I'm still going to go Mostert and get Hines as my RB4 because that's where he's going. Exactly. If not later. So I'm going to get both. Sure. That's fair. Josh. <laughs> Wait. I'll take Hines, and then where Mostert is, I'll take a wide receiver. <laughs> That's just my thought process. I was, about, I was about to say, thank you for playing the game, Josh. Bob, you found a loophole. Not a fan. Ryan? Mostert. Really? Okay, all right. Fine. Naheem Hines, baby. I think I think Taylor starts to eat into Hines' work while Max starts to eat into Taylor's work. So. Yeah. I mean, Hines is running back 42, so you can literally get him. Yeah. Let's see. Um. After the ten, he's in double. I say that's got to be twelfth round, right? Double digit rounds. Yeah. So Mostert's seventy seventh, and Hines is one twenty. So yeah, you're five rounds later. So like I said, I can get him as my RB four, and I'm just as happy with that. Yeah, I'm. I mean, again, yeah, it's obviously you could get both of them if you. But yeah, you just have the soft spot for Hines. The point is, who would you rather have? Mostert. Mostert is my RB3, yes. Right, well, the, the top row is going Hines, and we're taking, uh, with our pick in the sixth round, we're going to take um, Deontay Johnson, who is going three spots ahead of Raheem Mostert. That's who, Or we'll take Kenny Galladay, who's going four spots ahead. Crazy. Of- like I said, take the wide receiver instead. <laughs> Or we could take right. Tyler Lockett. And that's Lockett what I've been doing right. because, again, I've been drafting three running backs in the first three rounds anyway, so. I did that in one league last year, made it to the championship. So yeah, I think that's going to be a viable strategy again this year. I, I, I mean, think it just I, depends where you pick. I think if you get late first, you're going to struggle to get a good third running back at the end of the third round. Yeah, I, I will preface: I had the third pick in that draft. I, w- I had Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and my receivers were Robert Woods and DK Metcalf. Well, if I end up. If I end up probably eighth or ninth or back, I'm going Kelsey in the first round in every draft this year. So yeah, no, I've done that. I I don't draft tight ends high, so don't ask me a question about that because I'm going to advise you against it. That's yep. just simply Kelsey or stream the position. Yeah, literally Kelsey or stream the position. Like I I don't want to spend that high capital. I know obviously we know Travis Kelsey is going to be the tight end one. It's not a question, but you know I'd rather take two RB ones and take like it blows my mind. John o. Smith is going in the 14th round. I don't get it. And we'll, we'll get to him when we get to the Patriots yeah. in two weeks, but that just blows my mind. And I'll tell you why in two weeks it was going to be next week, but Joe has a game. So we're going to have Hitman from the fantasy footballers on next week with your host Hutchinson Brown. And that is kind of the cue to the end of our show. But Bob, before we wrap up, first off, thank you. Uh, Yeah, thank you. A ton of fun. fun. Brought out the old spreadsheet, which I think is the first (laughs) on this show. So I love it. Um, And before we wrap up here, we hint. I talked about it really quick in the beginning of the show. 
the Expo, which I believe is happening the weekend of August 14th in Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Tell us Birthday weekend. Oh, no gosh. one cares about that. Him and no Stephanie Smalls, great. Right? <laughs> oh, White Stephanie's birthday is that weekend too? The yeah. 15th on the day there. Yeah. There will be no alcohol left in Stark County. Oh, yeah, I, I, I told uh, people, I'm like, prepare your livers. I was going to say, I hope you got a good distributor like for for the uh, – Yeah, trust me. I'm going to meet with the lady at the hotel like the week before go over all the details of you know the event. Like, stuff. These like, people all have a drinking say, problem. You better <laughs> – Go to your local White Claw distributor and get about <laughs> forty cases of this shit because say, yeah. Oh, that's all, Steffi. I, I don't drink White Claw. So. You drink? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I I have, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a Captain Morgan guy. So yes, I drink rum. It's, <laughs> it's all gross. Buy a handle of vodka. Buy some. Buy a twelve pack of seltzer. You'd save money and you can make it yourself. It's the so by the end of the expo, thing. Ryan, you're gonna be like Johnny Depp and be like, "Why is all the rum gone? Why, why is the it? rum always gone?" <laughs> all right. So what I've gotten from this expo is it's happening on Josh and Steffi's birthday on August four, on the weekend of August fourteenth, and everyone's an alcoholic. Bob, what else is gonna happen? <laughs> Oh, yeah, then there's going to be some fancy football stuff going on, but that's okay, really yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, that's, that's tertiary. We don't care about that stuff. We want more. <laughs> All right, so let me so, – so for those of you who are thinking about uh, attending the event, let me first off just say you have to come in for the weekend. So either Friday night, Saturday night, and you might as well say Sunday night because the expo is not over till like 4. We're gonna have, we'll probably have an after party somewhere for some reason just because <laughs> – Probably um, you definitely will have an after party. That is a fact. I'm sure there will be. Yeah, because we'll all need to. I'll definitely need. No, I'll, I'll never mind. Uh, so Friday night, come in early. We're going to go down the street. There's a couple bars down the street we can walk to. Uh, hang out there. Uh, Saturday, we've got so many things going on. So John Lobb is doing the first ever King's Classic College Fantasy Football Draft. That is happening in one of the uh, boardrooms there from, I think, 10 to 2. Uh, so if you're a really college, big college football, Debbie kind of fan, make sure you check that out. You can just come into the room and watch these guys draft. It's going to be a great time. Uh, at, I think it's noon is draft night out, uh, which is weird because it's noon, but anyway, go to draftnightout.com, sign up and register for one of the leagues. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's only like $30 to enter. Uh, you'll be put in uh, you know, 12 team league. Uh, there's they're doing it at the can brewing company which is again right down the street big basement lots of you know, craft brews uh food they're gonna have like raffling off of prizes i think they've got a russell wilson helmet signed a signed Kyler murray and a signed calvin ridley jersey of the three things that i know of um so again even if you win that it's worth 30 bucks so come do that sign up at draftnightout.com um there's there, you know leagues are going quick uh, so make sure you get in on that. So that's Saturday then. Um, for those who are coming in, um, obviously just get the VIP ticket package for the weekend. It gets you a Hall of Fame ticket to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and there, uh, Drew Davenport and us will all be there uh, drafting for the Kings Classic um, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the Gold Jacket Lounge on the second floor. Uh, so all the big names will be there. Brad Evans, Mike Play. Uh, Andy Barons, Dave Richards, Bob Harris, uh, Michael Fabiano, you name them, they're all going to be there. Ryan so Mace. we do that from 10 to 4. Um, then <laughs> Saturday night, uh, we have this huge party being put on by fantasyaffair.com. Um, uh, Brian, and I always forget his last name, it's very difficult to, to uh, say, but 
Brian is like a professional uh, bartender and has been for years in Vegas and now out in Hawaii. He is getting hooked in with distributors, uh, cigar distributors. Uh, Captain Morgan girls, I think, are going to come pass out stuff. It's going to be. There you go, Ryan, right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah. So, massive party, all kinds of giveaways, uh, some prize stuff that we haven't even announced that's going to happen at that event. Uh, so that's Saturday night starting at seven o'clock in the hotel lot, in the hotel bar restaurant. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to drive. You just hang out there, pass out somewhere. Uh, then the next day, oh, by the way, we're doing an expo. That is from 10 to four on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so make sure you come for that. Again, we have, uh, we'll have 45 booths of every different genre, sites, uh, products, we have a main stage that we're going to be doing all kinds of presentations, you know, draft strategies, an expert mock draft, uh, all kinds of super cool stuff. From 10 to 11, we are planning to put what I call the Mount Rushmore times two on stage. So we're literally going to have Andy Barron's, Dave Richards, Brad Evans, uh, Mike Taglier, uh, you know, Bob Harris. All these folks are going to be on stage from 10 to 11. We're calling it the pregame event. And it's going to be an interview uh, with the MC that's going to be asking them their favorite sleepers and busts and all that kind of stuff. Take questions from the audience, but basically it's going to be the best of the best right on stage. Uh, never been, you know, probably like this together, you know, to, you can ask them all questions at the same time. I'm sure it'll be a blast. Uh, so make sure you're there early for that. It starts at 10 o'clock. And then, like I said, after that, we'll probably uh, be exhausted. Our livers will be shot. Our kidneys will be malfunctioning and then we'll start drinking again boom um, so there it is a, don't miss a, it if you want to have a mediocre weekend <laughs> mediocre weekend yeah go so go to the fantasyfootballexpo.com to get your ticket packages uh we'll get you a link to the local hotels get you a discount um that one is sold out well it's not sold out it's sold out at a discounted rate yeah. some people are paying up to 200 dollars a night just to stay there because they want to be there and they don't want to miss it um you can go to another hotel 10 minutes away for 129. So <laughs> I'm just saying. And Club uh, Fantasy. It's not, it's not a big town. You can get across one side of city, the city of Canton in 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And for those listening on our show, most of Club Fantasy will be there. We'll be talking about our women of fantasy stuff. Right. It's a great yeah, event. And, I went and, in 2019. The group's going to be on stage and talking about that as well. Yep, and I I went in 2019 when Bob debuted the event. We had a blast then. It sounds like it's 10 times bigger this year. It's mm. just based on how much fun we had last time. I can't imagine what this weekend is going to be oh, like. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ryan, Looking forward Ryan, to sa- it. Ryan says most because uh, some of us have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we don't. And- <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> he doesn't. Literally, he doesn't. <laughs> And then the one, the one job I do have is with football guys. And he's like, Hey, you're going to be at this event. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's like in my backyard. I'll be there. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you live anywhere near Ken? Yes. yes. In it. Yes. Are, are you going to be at this fantasy football event in the industry that you work in? Yes. In, the, mean, in the town that you live in. The in. Town yes. you live in. Yes. in the town you live in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People so, are coming uh, from Hawaii to go to this. Are you going yeah. to go to it? Who yeah. lives in Ken? Yeah, yeah, someone. Uh, so some of us, some of us have to work. So we'll have fun with that. Yeah, I have a I, feeling Josh and I might have a better weekend. Yes. <laughs> well, Joe, you're gonna see all the pictures. You're gonna hear all the stories, and next year you're gonna take vacation and go to it. There well, you go. Here, here's the thing, Bob. I can take vacation whenever I want for my job. Right. I work for a baseball team. 
Oh, well, that helps. Our hours are amazing, but we right. play all throughout the summer because we're a summer league team. And right. um, the weekend of the expo happens to be the last weekend of games we have. That mm. Thursday is our last home game, but we have an event that we hold on that Saturday. Ouch. So, yeah, it happens. Bob, right. thank you so much. This show yes. is a blast. This has been so, fantastic. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. And it was fun to talk fantasy. A lot of these, I mean, again, nothing against the shows I've been on, but most of them want to talk about the expo. It's like, well, okay, that's cool, but I thought we wanted to talk about fantasy. But we don't know. So. <laughs> you know by expo... the way, if anybody's interested, there's this 2021 fantasy football consistency yes. guide that you can buy on Amazon. Pimp as Yeah. But the expo is like not even that cool. That's why we didn't really. Talk oh, stop about it. it. That's why we didn't really talk about it. You're going to have serious FOMO in so, August, Joe. I can feel I, it already. I, I got to tell you a funny story. Um, when I first announced it, um, and again, I didn't know this Stephanie Smalls from any, you know, who she was or what she was or what anything about her. This was back in March. Um, and she didn't know anything about me, obviously, which is fine. Um, and when I posted about the expo and, it, and the hype that. started <laughs> buzzing, <laughs> Stephanie said, who's this Bob Long guy? Is this guy like, like the Ja Rule of, of fantasy festival. football? And yeah. it's going to be like fantasy football expo fire? <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even get a chance to respond. And then the Ball Blast girls chimed in and just went off on her. They're like, how dare you question <laughs> and the funny thing is now she's all in she's excited to be here but i can't wait to bring it up to her because i'm sure she kind of forgot about it but i didn't she awesome. forgot but i didn't right <laughs> so, yeah anyway that's no, uh i uh you know bum bum to be missing it uh obviously would yeah. love to be on stage with these two idiots talking about <laughs> women of fantasy football because you know, despite Josh handling everything, he's not the best on the microphone. So you know, I gotta, I gotta be the one to drive the show. It's okay, Josh. You, you, it's, it's all, all you and Hutch next week. Uh, I'm gonna be stumbling on that mic on the stage and be like, I don't know what to do or say. I'm so hungover. I just turned 38 years old. So, oh boy, there you go. Oh, man, I'll take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have Ryan do all the talking. It <laughs> must suck getting old. Damn. <laughs> Dude, my, oh, my 38, 38 is cute. My my back. Joe, how old are you? Bob, Bob, let me tell you, my back at 22 years old. Oh, I can't even imagine. Oh, does it I can't hurt? Can't imagine. Yeah. Does it hurt? I'm walking around the ballpark taking photos. I'm hunched Stop. over like a granny. Oh, man. I would tell you how much my prostate hurts at 58. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had to finger up the butt treatment yet, but I'm not All looking right, forward to wrap. it. <laughs> no, that was that was a good talk. That was a good talk. Everyone here understands the joke, but me because I have yet to experience it. Yeah. Now I feel left out. Well, sure. when you get it taken out, you don't have that either. I don't have to worry about that either anymore. Woo! Bob. All right, what a way to okay. end the show. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's we talk about process as we end, and with that. That is a that's a no pun intended first. In four years, we've never talked about our prostate. Never talked about prostate. Oh, I no. Yeah, I got an hour. (laughs) (laughs) What a what a way to end the show. All right, next week we have Hutchinson Brown back, the young fantasy mind. He's filling in for me as I have a game to work. 
Um, six games in five days, ladies and gentlemen. Please, please, please pray for me and the entire front office that we have to do all those. Um, we also have uh, Mike uh, Wright from the Fantasy Footballers, Hitman, as some people uh, may know him better. Wow, that's much bigger than me. That's for sure. <laughs> Special start time also. We're going to be going on live at 6 p.m. Eastern, so an hour oh. earlier next Wednesday. Maybe I'll. I don't do that very often, if ever. So I don't know why we yeah. did it. It's just Mike. Like, it's just... <laughs> I know I should have made him go for seven because he was so wrong about Tyler Higby last yeah. year. Oh, nothing, nothing special. We called him out. Like he was wrong about Woods. He was wrong about Higby. Like we're we obviously know more. We do better things. Like why are we moving for him? He should move for us. Um, but next week they're talking Chargers, Vikings. And the Cardinals, we saved the Patriots for the week after because uh, me. Um, and obviously, that's my team, and we like to have each other's on for our teams. Josh, obviously, being the Eagles, Ryan being nobody, it's just his fantasy team is his favorite. That's right. Team. Only team that matters. Yeah, that's the only team that matters is Ryan's fantasy team. Team uh, You know you have more than one, Ryan. <laughs> but remember, next week, an hour earlier, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, I'll be in the chat for at least the first 30 minutes Boom. talking smack, so I'm I'm excited. Bob, once again, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Bob. Thank and you. if you so haven't much. already signed up for the Fantasy Expo, go to thefantasyexpo.com. Just like football expo. Fantasy Football Expo, apologies. Uh, it's like the Ohio State University. That's right. Because yeah, that and Fantasy Football Expo is actually taken in for sale, and they want like $50,000 for the site. So I'm like, oh, I'll just put the in front of it. That's perfect. Yep. Thank you. The yeah, is that right? It's like it's like. I mean, it's kind of on brand since it's in Ohio, right? Right. Like, yeah. That's what I figured. Yep. Yeah, I love it. get all the goofies from Columbus to be excited about it because they think I named it after their college. Yeah. When <laughs> when in reality, it was just a custody battle. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, that and that website domain was only nineteen dollars, and the other one yeah, was fifty thousand. So that went. So, you know what's you know fifty grand? Aaron Rodgers can find ninety three thousand. Like, what does it matter at this right. point? Um, all right, so we'll see you guys next week for Joshua Hudson, Bob Lung, Ryan Weiss, and myself, Joe Zolo. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Next week, special start time six p.m. Eastern with uh, Mike. Right, excuse me. From the Fantasy Footballers, also known as Hitman, hosted by the young fantasy mind Hutchinson Brown, who I believe just surpassed 1,000 followers today. He did. On Twitter. So shout out to Hutch for absolutely killing it alongside him and Luke Sahawk, who we'll have on when the Pittsburgh Steelers a look inside preview comes up. Um, these two young guys are killing it. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football, and we will see you next week at an earlier start time at 6 p.m. Don't forget, we'll see you then. Bye!